Hi, I'm Mary, and this is Talks with My Kids. And this is Talks with My Kids. Welcome to episode two. Um, if you've made it this far, um, you are probably related to us. We would like to welcome everyone to what will be a discussion today, uh, talking with my kids about social media. I know the kids are super excited. <laughs> they look like I have forced them or, or possibly bribed them with some type of popular coffee beverage we're being held against our will please some Ma- help <laughs> maggie we're in the basement that's we're, we're tied up maggie that's not funny at the grocery store and it's not funny on the podcast <laughs> so it's funny because you really did do that all right so today we are talking about social media which i think is an important discussion to have with your kids not just once but on a continuing basis because it's constantly evolving and there's always new things going on things that are new one of the things recently that i was thinking about that led us to this episode was maggie turning 13 And I was expecting just as when Ethan turned 13, that she would start a Facebook account and, you know, be up like bright and early on her 13th birthday to do that. And as it turns out, she was like, no, I'm not going to a Facebook account. So Maggie, can you take us through this? Because I was unaware that Facebook isn't cool anymore. Okay. So how long ago was Facebook created? Um, when Mark Zuckerberg Zuckerberg. was in college at Harvard, early 2000s, early 2000s, my 2000s. Yeah. So Facebook was a really popular thing, but it's one of those platforms that will eventually die out like everything else, like MySpace and other things like that, that I've probably never heard of, but Facebook, I find Facebook really complicated. Like, I don't understand that, like time timelines or I don't understand like the friend request stuff I like I've never I don't know how any of that works I it's just there's a lot of stuff to it and I don't understand why no one's really on it anymore that like is my age I know one person who has a Facebook account that is near my age and it's Ethan who is actually a 60 year old man on the inside so that's why i was gonna say it makes sense that ethan's on it because he came out my like old man in a baby's body anyways it's just it's not that popular and i don't i personally don't use it because i just don't find a point to it since there's no one on it that it's I just too bad because there's so many like cool harry potter things that i want to tag you in and i can't Ethan, you've been on Facebook for about a year and a half is besides the fact that as we all know, you are a 60 year old man in a 14 year old's body. Is there any reason that, I mean, I think to a certain extent, Maggie's point is correct because really it seems like you're on it to connect with your older relatives. And I, I like uh, talking and interacting with my, with uh, like grandparents and, and talking to Sally and Tracy and, uh, forget who else I friend on Facebook. Uh, I like visiting uh, Grandpa Dave's page 
just look at pictures of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty much what I do on Facebook. Okay, so parents, just FYI, if you weren't aware, Facebook isn't cool anymore, and it's apparently just for us now. So, so that's that's the news on Facebook. Beyond that, I think there's a pretty common layer of social media that a lot of us parent-aged people are using. So probably Twitter and Instagram are the next two on the list. Um, To a lesser extent, parents might use Snapchat themselves or they might be using it because their kids are using it. So in my case, I started using Snapchat because you guys were using it and I wanted to understand it better and interact with you. I Correction, uh, you got Snapchat before both of us. Did I? Yes. Oh, okay. But it fits my narrative better to say that I got it because of both of you. Snapchat I find incredibly complicated and not intuitive and you guys have all these off-label uses like streaks and and then Snapchat also concerns me as a parent because I know you guys think that you can like do things and then they just go away and that may not necessarily be the case so like give give us just like the rundown on Snapchat briefly So Snapchat is really popular because it's kind of like a more fun way to have conversations because a lot of time you aren't having a conversation, you're just like sending selfies back and forth. And so when you send a snap to someone, you can limit how long they can see it. You can make it so that they can see it forever until they click away from it. Or you can make them see it for one to ten seconds. And then there's also, you can directly message someone and then they're able to like save that um but if they don't save it before they click away then it disappears and then streaks are how many days in a row you snap someone and then they snap you so like my highest streak is like 220 days so i've snapped someone back and forth 220 days and the way that people get like a ton of streaks is that they'll Set, they'll like send like a black screen that says streaks on it and then they'll send it to like 50 different people at the same time and then they'll do the same so that you guys keep up a streak even if you guys aren't like actually snapping each other every day. And then stories you can post and anyone who uh, like is friends with you on there can see it for 24 hours and then it disappears. See, unnecessarily complicated. Uh, I, it's, it's not that complicated. It's not that complicated. You just have to be on it for a few days. To okay. And do you feel like people abuse Snapchat? Like, it just seems to me like it would be ripe for doing bad things because the stuff disappears. It can definitely encourage people to do bad things. A lot of people I don't, I know don't do bad things, but uh-huh. I mean the majority of the people I hang out with actually have, you know, brains and realize that, you know, nothing is actually ever gone on the internet. Like, once you post or send something, it's there forever. And, but there are people who will, like, get into fights on Snapchat and people will, like, screenshot stuff and post on their story and be like, I'm calling this person out. Or, as mom likes to call them, people send nudies because she thinks that nudes are called nudies because it's nude plus selfie. Right. That's that's a term I made up. Do nudies. Not, it makes do not sense. Use that term around your child or you will be made fun of ruthlessly. That's one one conversation that we have had um, talking about the repercussions of inappropriate pictures and how those can be retained and 
I am not your lawyer. I'm not giving you legal advice, but you know, there can be very serious implications, um, in the way that laws were created and not created to handle this situation, but have to be applied to this situation. So we've had that discussion as a family. If you're a minor and you said nudes or you like screenshot someone's nudes and send it to, some, send it to someone else, it's considered, uh, it's considered giving out like child pornography if the person's a minor. Okay. So that's something that you guys are generally aware of. I learned it in health class. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. They're like, <laughs> that's good that they're like teaching you stuff like that. Um, so Another conversation that we've had to have, and I had it, I thought, sooner than we needed to, but it it became necessary because there was an Instagram account going around, and it was for Ethan's sixth grade class, and it basically was, what's the term for it, like a... Um, there were like couples counts and then there were accounts called like my school's name hotties. And, um, I think there were a few that were like just blatantly insulting people. Right. So we had a conversation about that and Mike and I had to, had to talk first because we became aware of it because of a parent's Facebook group. And I said, I don't know if the kids even know about this. Should I introduce it to them? If they didn't already know about it, should I not say anything if they don't know about it? So I ended up just proactively saying to you guys, hey, I heard about this account. Are you aware of it? You weren't. But I said, you know, you really shouldn't be following pages like that. You definitely should not be participating in them. You know, we talked about online bullying. We talked about how when you post things, they can be forever, even if you think things are deleted, even if you think you're doing things anonymously, you might not be. And then we also talked about, you know, the repercussions of things overlapping personal time versus school time versus school uh, electronics. So, so we talked about all of that. But it seemed like it was a really premature conversation, but it really wasn't because you guys are on social media and and that's happening. So that was one of the conversations we, we had to have. And so I'm wondering if if a lot of parents are like me and that they're probably behind the times or are probably catching up constantly with this social media issue because it's not something we dealt with as kids. Thank goodness I didn't have this as a child. I don't think I could keep up with the negative aspects of it. You know, we wrote notes to each other and passed them and that was our social media was actual notebook pages. The scary thing to me is beyond these, this social media that I'm aware of and that I use and interact with on a daily basis, there's constantly all these new things coming up and I just feel like woefully behind. So I just wanted to go through a couple of them and ask you guys. Um, one that I became aware of recently that is Instagram-like is, I don't know how you say it, Visco or is VSCO? I think it's Visco. I've never used it. Okay. Ethan, do you know about Visco? I've heard of it. Yes. Okay. So 
it's another it's it's similar to Instagram. You can, you know, change you, you can edit photos within it, but you can also do a stream and it looks like it's a little more specialized as far as you know, a lot of people can use it like as an online diary or, you know, whatever, but um that's interesting. Something for parents to be aware of. Maybe kids are creating accounts because there's not a lot of, I think, safeguards or specifications in terms of, you know, being able to create account, especially if you have a smartphone, you know, anybody can have access to these. Um, and what do I always say about your smartphones? They're yours. Don't break them. Ethan had what I was looking for. They're my property. They're searchable by me at any time. Okay, so other th- something else I heard of recently, and I don't... Do you guys know about this Whisper app? Yeah, I know about that. Okay, so no. you don't really, or you're trying... I, I, don't, I don't know what that okay. is. Tell me about Whisper, Maggie. Whisper, I've just seen, like, BuzzFeed has done, like, videos where they read aloud, like, Whisper things, but you can make an account where you anonymously, like, confess things or, like, just talk about anything. And people can message you on it, too. But it's all anonymous unless you, like, want to say, like, my name's this and this. See, and that seems like a breeding ground to me for, like, bullying or, I don't know, it just seems It's not something that's really popular, like, among middle schoolers because... It's all anonymous, and if you're confessing things, you don't really want an entire school knowing about it. Right. And then maybe similar to that, ask.fm. Ask. Have you heard of this? It's like a question and answer type thing? No. I've never heard of that. Okay. So this is what I'm talking about. There's like all these apps, and how are we as parents supposed to keep up on them? Um, Then there's different messaging apps, whether it's like a walkie-talkie type thing or video messaging. And again, that seems like that would be a type of app where here parents are just trying to keep up on kids' text messages and monitoring those. And now we have things like um, there's something called Look, which is video messaging, Voxer, which is like the walkie-talkie type daily, I guess. And then Kick. Have you guys heard of Kick? That's a messenger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kicks, kicks dead. Kicks yeah, dead. No one, no one okay. really no one uses, uses kicks. that anymore. I use that. I had one in like third grade. So see, I you know I'm like trying to find as many of these as possible, and it's I can't even like keep up. So let's talk about Twitter. Um, I read Twitter. I don't really use it. Again, the something that I think is always a good rule of thumb that I try to teach you as a parent is never put anything in an email. Or, you know, put it out into the universe on social media unless you're comfortable with it being on the front page of the newspaper. I think that's just, you know, good good words to live by. I like to go with the, if you don't want your grandma to see it, then you shouldn't post it. I like that, too. I feel like if people on Twitter could just observe those two things, even 50% of the time, things would be a lot more, a lot more... Civil? Yeah, people really let loose on Twitter. Yeah, and so so what what is it about social media that allows us to act so 
uncivilly? Is it... People don't know who you are. So it's the anonymity? Yeah, and that with people who you do know, if you're like getting a fight with someone online, you're hiding behind the screen. You don't have to face them in real life. So the mean things you're saying, you don't even think about it. You don't think you're saying it to them. You just think, oh, I'm just tweeting it out at them or like something like that. Um, one thing that I think is good to, to keep up on or keep a check on in terms of social media is, are you having any trouble with friends or classmate? Are you experiencing any instances where you feel like you're being harassed or bullied? And if you were in that situation, like, would you feel comfortable talking to one of us? I mean, you have four parents, so they're very different. We have different temperaments. We have different reactions to things. Like, would you feel comfortable coming to one of us if either you felt like you were being harassed by someone or if you, and this is like my greatest fear. And I know Maggie especially wants to like bang her head on the table when I get into this, but like if you became acquainted with someone online and things started feeling weird like, would you feel comfortable coming to one of us and saying, like, eh, I don't know what's happening? If I'm talking to a weird person, I'm just going to block them and then be, like, done with it. But if someone was, like, actually, like, saying mean things to me or, like, being, like, extra creepy and they, like, went to my school, I would definitely come to one of you guys. But probably not me. Probably not you. Probably, like, Melissa. Maybe dad. Me- Melissa. Not dad. Is Melissa the most rational of all of us? Yes. I think you're right. Yeah. Ethan, what about you? Like you are much less emotive than Maggie and like you broke your leg and we didn't know about it till the next day because. What does emotive mean? Emotive. E-M-O-T-I-V-E. Sorry. I should enunciate. You have headphones on. Uh, You, you, it takes more to kind of drill down into what you're thinking or what's going on. Like if you had an issue, would you feel comfortable talking to one of us about it? If it was social media related? Like, like what do you mean? Like, like a random person is like, well, a random person or if someone decided to pick up and start like harassing you and was, and I guess Maggie, you, you do make a good point. A lot in a lot of instances you have, Safeguards where you can block people. Uh, I, I I know how to take care of myself. <laughs> I I don't I don't need anyone else's help. You sound like a gangster in like an eighties movie. It it's, take care of myself. It, it's 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 not that hard to uh, to uh, protect yourself from from getting harassed. Well, but that that isn't the case for everyone. I mean, obviously, there's kids who are affected by this that are having issues with it. I'm just trying to figure out how can parents be more proactive about being there for their kids in a way that's helpful. And the kids aren't feeling like the parents are, the parents don't trust them. The parents are monitoring what they're doing or not letting them have a life. I mean, it's it's a hard answer to come up with. I suppose if we knew the answer, then we could bottle it and sell it for a lot of money. But 
I feel like the best solution is to not just take your kid's phone and start going through it because that immediately makes kids want to start hiding things on their phone and then you can't figure out if something's going on. I feel like the best way is to just like let your kid know that you aren't going to be snooping through your phone, that you trust them. But if yeah. anything's happening, that they need to tell you because they can help stop it and, you know... You could, by telling your parent, you could stop that person from doing it to another person. Yeah, let let your kids trust you, and that that's how you you prevent your kids from hiding things from you. Right, which that sounds great, but <laughs> like somewhere in there, I'm not super confident that that kids wouldn't take advantage of that. Well, I'd be a good kid then. You just gotta. <laughs> gotta trust your kids that's what you said yeah trust trust your your kids kids. but also like if your kid if you know your kid is like a good kid that they aren't doing random stuff that they shouldn't be doing or that they're getting harassed like trust them but if your kid's a little shady i mean yeah maybe crack down on them a little bit more be like can i check your phone every once in a while but don't just like rip it out of their hands just don't tell them that you're looking through their phone or that. Yeah, that's cool, too. Just don't tell them. And and that is another entirely different area that parents might not even be aware of. Um, icon hiding apps. Do you know about these things? Yes. No. What, what? Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad that I'm introducing this concept to you and the rest of the world so that you can use it. So there are apps where if you have, if you have an app that you want to hide. So say your parent is going to like check your phone. There are apps that can mask that and hide whatever those secret apps are and just make it look like it's something completely innocuous. So, you know, people are like, Hey, there's a market out there for me to help kids hide bad apps that they don't want their parents to see. So I think going hand in hand with, the social media idea, and hopefully this just kind of helps parents become a little more aware of this is just a handful of apps that I was kind of trying to compile and my list is already outdated. I think there's new ones every week. Along with that is this, this idea of the phone. And lately there has been a push or kind of like a new campaign wait until eighth grade to kind of get parents to agree that they're going to wait until eighth grade to let their kids have a phone, which in our family that wouldn't have ever worked and didn't work because you guys got phones because your parents were getting divorced. Yeah. So that was to make, you know, the lines of communication more, it was to make the lines of communication easier so that if you guys were away from the other parent and felt like you needed to call one of us or, you know, when you got home from school, that kind of thing. So for us, the, the phone was a necessity and you guys didn't get smartphones. Yeah. You gave us old flippy phones. Right. But, but there's also a lot of advantages to you guys now having smartphones. I mean, I'm able to track you guys. I know where you are at all times. It's easier to communicate with you guys about when you need picked up, um, all of that. And especially as two kids who have 
for parents, you know, obviously communicating with whatever set you're not with at the time or making those connections, that's easier. So for our family, like I'm all for don't give kids electronics super eat. I'm all for don't give kids electronics super early. Um, your brother's not getting a cell phone next year, you know. Dang it, I'm still not getting a cell phone. <laughs> but I meant Louie. Oh, I thought you meant Ethan, too. No. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Even though I already have a phone. Oh, he's not getting one until next year. So I'm all for supporting that campaign. I just don't know if it's entirely practical, um, especially when kids are most often starting extracurricular activities in either sixth or seventh grade. I mean, you guys don't know a world without electronics and I was about to say, uh, yeah. yeah I mean you don't even have textbooks you have you have iPads mobile we phones have textbooks it's just they're in the classroom and then we also have mobile versions on like our iPads right which is crazy just convenient so 20 pounds on my backpack I mean you realize that when I was your age I never I'd never had a cell phone I didn't have GPS when I had to be picked up from school I had to like put a quarter in a payphone, and if I didn't have a quarter I had to find somebody that could give me a quarter so you don't need them it makes life easier it does make life easier and is there do you, what do you think the sweet spot is as, as far as like a reasonable time for you know a first grade I'd say no sooner than fifth grade, because didn't we get our smartphones in fifth grade? Or I got my smartphone in sixth grade, or fifth grade, or whatever. Just, just restrict them from any social media. Yeah. There's no, there's, there's no other dangers besides, like, spending real money on games. Besides, like, uh, like, social media is, like, the only place where you can make bad decisions. Like, how are you going to make a bad decision when you're texting someone, like, like family members? Well, but then what about other apps like Netflix? Netflix. Yeah. What do you, what do you, like, just don't give them Netflix. Just give them a phone that texts people. Or, or even, like, YouTube. Well, there are options to restrict kids from certain apps. I mean, they're, they're, if you really, really want to give your kid a phone where they can communicate with you better, there, there's things you can put on the phone and restrict to, to make it sure it's, like, safe. Or give them a flip phone. But doesn't this just seem exhausting as a parent? Like, it's... it's How is it exhausting? Give them a flip restrict phone. them from... Or don't give them the password for the app store. Make sure they check with you for what you're downloading. Like, I mean, uh, Iris has a phone, and whenever she wants to down, download something, she has to ask Melissa, uh, and I don't think Iris is getting in any trouble. And just to clarify, Iris is your soon-to-be stepsister who is nine. nine. So she just finished third grade? No, fourth. Fourth grade? Okay, I'm bad at numbers. Okay, so Iris is at that younger age than where you guys are at, and so she has more restrictions. Yeah. So, but then at, at a certain point, and I know this for a fact because you two did it to me, I start I started getting kid pressured about <laughs> well I want this app, I want that app 
because everybody else has it and I'm the only kid in the school that doesn't have it. I, I don't remember doing that. What what, doing what apps either. did we do it on? What are you talking about? It's funny to me that you think Facebook is so lame because when you were like eight or nine years old, you were like, why can't I have a Facebook account? You just thought it was... Facebook like, is not lame, by the way. Thank because you. Because Facebook was still slightly relevant and... I don't. I didn't have any social media at all at the time, so I was kind of going for anything there. Gotcha. Okay, so we're almost out of time. Do is there? Do you have any parting words for parents that are navigating social media? I I think you guys are kind of. I would say right now at thirteen and fourteen, you've almost kind of plateaued. Like, I feel like we're in a good place. I have access to your social media accounts. I know what you're doing online. I think what you're doing is... Okay. I think what you're doing is okay. Um, if I do have issues with things, I let you know right away. Um, now, whether you're behaving because I can see it or, you know, the other way around, who knows, but I'll just take what I can get. It, it seems like a daunting task to me to keep up with, especially for, like, tweens. Like I said, you guys have, have more plateaued, and I feel like we have a good handle on it, and you'll continue to get older. But for people who have 9, 10, 11-year-olds who are, like, you know, busting to get a phone, and they want all of these apps that they probably technically by the terms of use aren't old enough to have in the first place. You know, what's your advice for those parents that are navigating those waters or second part of the question, how, what, what are the conversations you should be having or what are the things you should be thinking about when you're, when you're talking with your kids about that? So if your kid is eight and below, they don't need a phone. Don't give them a phone. They don't need it. Like, maybe they can have, like, an iPad to play games or watch TV, but they don't need a phone because they're not calling or texting anyone. They don't really know how to do either. Except their parents. Yeah, except their parents. And if they desperately need one before they're, like, 9 or 10, get them a flip phone and, like, teach them how to use it. Do they even make flip phones anymore? Uh Yes. Um, If your kid is, like, fourth grade and up, I guess it's okay for them to have a phone, but if it's not absolutely necessary, I I wouldn't say... Because even if your kid is being like, oh, I need a phone, I really want a phone, it's just like set an age for them. You can be like, oh, you can have a phone when you're in fifth grade or when you're in sixth grade. Or like sit down with them and be like, if I'm going to get you a phone, you have to you know, be responsible and I'm going to you know, restrict you for stuff. So don't like... Because there are plenty of things you can do. You can not give them the password to the app store so they can't download anything themselves. So everything they download goes through you. And even if they're pressuring you, like everyone has it. No, Not everyone has it. I know plenty of people who don't have social media, and I applaud them that they don't have social media. Um, so it's, it's not like the best thing for a little kid to have because I know that people in my school have had trouble with other people on there and it's not a good thing for a little kid to have. Ethan, do you have any parting suggestions for parents that are navigating social media? Uh, if you really, I think if you, uh, you really want to protect your kids 
from the dangers of social media or or just to make sure they're they are, they're safe with their phone uh you would you you would actually if you actually tried they would be safe and if you taught them about like social media and danger and periodically checked up on them on their social media or made an account yourself and monitored monitored them, them then then they should be safe to have a phone okay interesting all right well that's all we have time for today speaking of social media um be sure to subscribe to our podcast on itunes as well as uh google play i think i don't really know how google play works um check us out on facebook talks with my kids and on instagram at talks with my kids Maggie, Ethan, thanks for chatting with us today. Bye-bye. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.